search. Each man different, living his own way, searching, discovering numero uno. Welcome League of Legends enthusiasts, League of Legends journeymen, explorers, League of Legends lovers, because we love League of Legends and League of Legends solo queue on the broken by concept. Last episode was our ranked guide. Everyone loved it. Great conversation. Everyone in the comments was talking about what their goals were. People started thinking about where they want to be by the end of the season. One thing we sort of did touch on was bouncing back and recovering from failure. Remember we used to use the saying, Curtis, embrace the suck. We sort of lost that a little bit, yeah. haven't we? Like yeah. We, we, we didn't, we, that was probably like the episode yeah. range of like maybe 40 to 50 or something. Okay. Embrace just sucking at the game and just being like, this is where I'm at. And just get excited, like, okay, where can I improve? What the areas, you know? And you know what we talk about all on the podcast is everyone's going to be shoving at you that you have zero talent, you don't need a process, um, you, you know, you're just going to be where you are because, you know, you have this video game experience. And I think we've lost that a bit. I want to just revisit this. And I, we have a great example here from one of our community members that made a video he made it like a New Year's resolution or like a New Year's just thinking about his journey and talking about his process. And obviously, we're very process-orientated. We talk about, you know, the three-block process. That's what we're known for on the podcast, you know, the reviewing, all that sort of stuff. And, you know, we talk about our stories where we relapse on the process and we fuck up, right? So, I've not shown Curtis this video. I don't even know. I didn't know what we're looking at. Um, <clears throat> you may or may not know this person. I believe you might. He's in oh, the... Oh, yeah. Uh, in the... Uh, Yes, that's Kova. That right? is Kova. So he's obviously in the mid lane academy. Yep. He also spent some time in Soltu learning jungle and stuff. And we're going to watch this video. We're going to... You can pause it if you want. It's all good. Like you can like... Cause Me? We'll, it's about five, six minutes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. we can take a break and pause it if you want to like okay. cut in or we can just literally <clears throat> watch it through. Okay. So if you feel the need to talk, Curtis, we can get into it. Okay. So let's get started here. And at this time, as I'm sort of beginning this, I, I don't, it's kind of coincidental. I, I'm very glad I found it. I, um, I came across Coach Curtis's uh, content. Uh, and I don't know if you guys know anything about him. If you guys are my friends, you guys know I literally will love this fucking dude with what he does. Um, but, you know, he, he, he introduced content about, like, basically, how the fuck to have a healthy relationship with League. And the only thing I'd ever had was a self-destructive fucking horrible relationship with the game where I literally wanted made me want to kill myself quite frankly and it was destroying every area of my life so I, I, I watched that an hour and a half long video and I held on to that with all my might talked about playing leagues in blocks so you don't you know like in blocks of three you only play three games a league and then you VOD review I've never VOD reviewed a game in my life at this point I've never even played in a, a block of three at this point in my life I've never I've played in like blocks of ten um and so I started to commit myself to that. And, like, you know, and what's really insane to me is, you know, all of these, like, beginnings and, like, starting to do these things is what really people really struggle with, right? This beginning change thing. But I really wanted to do something with my life. And that, that, that became my motivational fuel, right? And so I started to do shit, started get this process started to get in contact with coach Curtis. I was like yo i like your shit like how can i get in contact with you more and he was like yo i got you and we started to get in contact with each other about things um i started to run more i started going from one block to like 
two blocks, okay, two laps around the fucking block, kind of cracked, I know, into my park, I ran a mile, two miles, three miles, that's kind of fucking crazy, started to run three fucking miles, it obviously took me many months, but I did it, my lists went from, you know, three fucking things of making my bed and taking a shower, to where now today, it's like literally fucking, I have my whole fucking day sketched out, and like I have, you know, I have shit I gotta do, and you know, the, and I, I, I don't want to jump immediately to today, but basically, you know, shit started to go until I hit many failures. <laughs> and I had no idea how to cope with failure because I had never even really experienced failure. In high school, I was kind of naturally literally good at everything. Let's press space bar. Yeah. <clears throat> One thing I want to interject here, um, he raises a really, really good point in, in the sense that I, I resonate in the sense that at around his age, <clears throat> I'd never really tried at anything. Like tried really hard. And I think for a lot of people, um, they they haven't really experienced genuine failure. Like where you've tried Try really, really hard, hard yeah. and failed. Like that's a very it's a very scary thing the first time you do that mm. because in a way you're sheltered from failure your whole life. I mean, at least in a Western, we're in a very privileged, you know, you know, yeah, I'll say Eastern <clears throat> Known to Western. me some people like Korean culture and stuff. Right. It's way harder on you if you fail. Like if you yeah. fail school, but for me, like school would be the main thing that you'd say that you're trying and failing in. But like, but even you fail, then. it's a school test. It's like, you know, for me, it was like, and my parents didn't really go on me on it, you know? Well, it's kind of like, it's not the end of the world. And always, and I, 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 for me anyway, my narrative at school was, it was always like, oh yeah, I didn't try anyway. Yeah. Like that's at the back of my mind. Like, yeah. sure, I, I gave it some effort. Even yeah. when I did, study it wasn't it wasn't 110 percent. i didn't give it my all and you know i think you know that's actually the danger of trying at league we don't talk about that much mm. is that if you do commit yourself to three blocks inevitably you know you're, you've sold you bought this narrative which is okay i'm going to do three blocks i'm going to have learning objectives i'm actually going to review and i'm going to get better but when those results don't come either as fast as you think, or maybe not as easily as you think they might be, that can be very shocking. Because this is the first time you've actually followed a process, you've tried, you've, you've, you've scheduled, you've, you've ticked all the boxes in your mind. And then when stuff doesn't go your way, or at least in the short term, that's scary. Especially when, I mean, we talk about it all the time. We talk about the results we get with <clears> students, <throat> but we, do, we probably talk about, I mean, there's many people that follow the process and going backwards as well and all that sort of stuff as well. So this gets results, but I think that it's also showing that you need to refine it, chip away at it, come up with one for your own and the failure part, we miss it. We, miss, we miss it, it. yeah. And we did an episode talking about how League was like Squid Game and it wasn't, it was like opposite to Squid Game in the sense you don't see the people that fail. Yep. Like on Squid Game, the, the all the bodies are there and you see it in front of you, mm. whereas in League, we don't. Like mm. you only look at the people that survive. Mm because you're only versus the people that are at your rank in a way, right? So, um, I mean, straight away, that's the first thing that jumps out to me. Like, he's done a really good job. He started. The start is the hardest bit, right? He's done yep. the start, yep. getting into that routine, and he's starting to probably see some results. Inevitably, at some point, you're going to plateau. He's got hit, you know, punched in the face. What is he going to do now? And every fucking teacher jerked me off left and right metaphorically speaking and and that like my trumpet teacher was saying oh you could go and, and fucking play in a symphony <laughs> my fucking math teacher was like oh you know you're you're you could you don't need to do this blah 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 like whatever you know i i had teachers telling me like i could do whatever the fuck i wanted 
so I never really failed. Yeah, and that's and, oh, that's just so <clears throat> dangerous, man. Like, and that's the thing. Imagine telling a student, a kid, and I hate this about the school mm. education system. Mm. You're so talented. You can do this. You can do this, and. Without like looking at like that's not sure what they should be saying. They should be saying you're working really hard. Yeah, this is what you could do if you continue, and this is what the pathway will look like, and this is what the best do. But instead of being like you can play in the sympathy, how does how does Kova here know what what playing in the sympathy is like? Even that teacher probably isn't no. ever played in one of those like before, like like or, or or they were in a like a low level, like like this is like career choices and stuff, right? So. Oh, it's just so dangerous. Yeah, I hate talent. I mean, you guys know me on this podcast. You know, talent may exist, but I just refuse. Well, I, let's I'm just say, very stubborn on this. But let's say he did well, right? I mean, the the, the the way the conversation should go is, okay, so what did you do out of the interest? The behaviors. What are the behaviors yeah, like, what, that like, like you did you well this well? test? And the teacher should ask. So out of interest, Kobe, you know... Um, how did you get this good result? What did you do to, for preparation? And if he says and says, look, you know... I, I barely I, studied. I'm I barely studied. Yeah. Well, the teacher should actually express... Mm. Um, disappointment. Mm. That's actually what how the how it should go. Like, oh, not not disappointment, but you know, you could go higher than this. You could do better than that. He could. She, the teacher should be pushing you in that in that way. Um, it's true, and it's scary. I resonate I a lot with that. And then with league, as I'm going about this process, I'm doing my shit. All of a sudden, I lost on one on huge loss streaks, and I reverted on my process. All of a sudden, I stopped playing in blocks, and I fucking reverted to playing in blocks of 10 again. All of a sudden, I reverted, and I started telling people to kill themselves. All of a sudden, I reverted, and I stopped running. All of a sudden, I reverted, and I wasn't doing anything. I didn't expect that. I didn't expect that at all. I... Shit, fireworks. I thought that the moment you begin to go down a process of improvement, you know, you just start to improve. I didn't realize that you would go down and fuck up. I fucked up. I, uh, I reverted. I remember I hit D2 for the first time in, like, March. I had D2 with, like, a 55% win rate. Literally sub, like, 150 games. 150 games I hit D2. Like, a 55% win rate. And I went all the way down to D4-0. And that killed me. And emotionally. Not because of the rank. I didn't give a fuck about the rank. But because of the reason that it dropped was because I reverted on everything. And rebuilding yourself has got to be the most Hard shit, bro. Starting ain't even sh close. It's rebuilding and then wondering, is it, is it even worth it? Like, is it, like, you know, when you, when you, like, I feel like when you come from this, like, super shitty mental state, and you start to try and rebuild, you, um, you, you, like, oh my God, dude, you just doubt yourself in every instance. Like, how do you know I won't fuck it up again? You know, how do I know? That it's uh, that I can change. How do I know that you know there's any difference being made whatsoever in anything I do? Yeah, it's a, that's a very powerful thing. What he just said, it's very powerful. I mean, kind of ties into what we spoke about in last episode. Just the believing, you know, and it's easier said than done, you know. Um, <clears throat> like if you have someone actively in your life around you that has done it then it becomes very doable. Like if he had a friend that he lived with that had reached, that was in a similar scenario to him and, and or not, maybe not even similar, but just got to challenge her. 
that was in his area, like in his vicinity. He, he would probably like same age, same school he went to, or something. Because you can relate. Yeah, to them you can somewhat there. relate. Like you wouldn't be a, you probably wouldn't struggle as much with the rebuilding process. But because in a way, he's probably the only he's person on his own, yeah, on his own around him that is doing this. Sure, he's in a Discord community. He might see other people get results, but he doesn't really know them. Hmm. He doesn't really. really he's not know interacting day to day with these people. But what's interesting? There was a story about how I think it was something about like. Was it like the the minute mile or something like that? When someone it was like people said it couldn't be done. Mm. I, I'm, I might be butchering this completely, but as soon as one person did it, in the next year, like seventeen people did it. Mm. Just as that one person That's did right, it, one person had to do it. It's just like the belief of like it's just if all it takes is one person to do it. Yeah. And in a way, when you're when you're doing this for the first time, like he got to D two. So the process when he's doing the process, right? The first so he's got to D two for the first time. Yeah. Right. Got to high, got to D two, and now he's thinking like this is great. He goes back down to D40LP and then to get the motivation, because like, I'm just probably going to get to D2 again. I could just fall back again. Just do the exact same thing. Like, how how do I dig myself out of this? How do I believe that I can Mm. even get to Master As you said, believe he could change. He he would just be, oh, well, I'm just a fuck up. I'm just going to, here we go again. Yeah, that becomes like at an identity level. That's Mm. just me. Like, I'm going to fail again. Who's to say that won't happen again? But it's even if you can somehow believe it, how do you bring yourself to do that? It's a good question. And then, and you know, it's so difficult. I'd be interested to see how he dug himself out of this one. And um, you know, I actually just read this today. Um, it's from Psychopathic Tops too longer. Ironically enough, I flamed him earlier, but you know, he said something that was really cool. It's like bouncing back from low points. It's like, you know, an analogy he used is like, it's like a video game character being resurrected, like Dark Souls. You know, you start back at the very beginning of where you were, your little checkpoint. But you have all the information, everything that you learned before. So you pick yourself up and you go again and you lose a hundred times, but eventually you make it. That's what I did. I learned, excuse me, I learned to pick myself up, which was really tough. Because at that time I didn't know what that meant. And I picked myself up, hit D2 again, hit Master Tier. And I went for, I was a D4-0 Demotion Shield to Master Tier, which was really cool for me. I hit Master Tier for the first time in, like, July. And immediately after that, I hit the most biggest fucking hiccup. Uh, I went from Master Tier to D4-0 LP with the Demotion <laughs> Shield, and that fucking trucked me. And I was like, um, like, I literally was so fucking depressed, I couldn't, I literally didn't do anything for two weeks. Um, because it's like we're laughing at this, but yeah. like it's sad. Yeah. Like, like you can tell me because I remember why I'm laughing is because he, I was seeing this in you real time, see, right? Yeah. Like, I'm receiving the messages, <laughs> and I remember because he was streaming yeah. when he got mastered here, yeah. and I came into his stream like, congratulations, yeah. but be careful. Like, I remember saying, like, you're gonna lose this. Yeah. Like, I, I told you, I, t- I, t- I told him, like, I warned him. You know, now this is where it gets very difficult. And I remember, like, I just knew it was coming as well. Mm. Like, I knew, like, the way he was, it was like the whole build up. All behind him, I was like, <laughs> yes, go over. Your master, now you're never going to have to worry about Diamond again. You're, you're just going to be, here we go. We've got the process, keep going. Well, because the funny thing is, is at that point, you, you know, you, you've got everything to lose. You have nothing mm, to nothing gain to in gain, your mind. Yeah. It's always everything to lose. Mm. So you're, you're walking, you've got like all this stuff on your back, on your shoulders. And like, it's just this huge, I imagine like this thing like balancing on top of you and it could fall at a moment's notice. Like that's the way I view it. But that's because he set his goal to get mastered here. Like it wasn't to be a, 
a grandma or challenger mm. type player mm. or a master tier player. It was just to get that rank. Be good enough just to get master. Just, just to get zero of your master, you yeah. know? And when you're there, when you make, that's your goal, it's very yeah. dangerous. I mean, I have so many, exa- I mean, I think everyone who hits master, they bounce back to diamond very quick. It's, I think it's basically, I, I don't I think, think I've, I've ever I've seen, I've never seen it, yeah. someone stay, stay master, master yeah. Like they nearly always drop down to yeah. D2 For usually. the first couple of times, yeah. Um, but I think as well, like, and we've said this many, many times, I mean, this is an incredibly complex, like there are many variables at play here. Like mm. we've, we spoke about this specific climb from D2 to master tier, but you know, there's a huge narrative um, with just versing master tier players. And, and I think this all ties into, I mean, this is where you and I, ident- you don't genuinely believe you're a master tier player. Mm. Even though you get master tier, you don't believe that you deserve that to be you here. like a bit above your level. You're like, yeah, I play, I play really well these couple of days and that's why I'm asking. Yeah, versus, yeah. Versus like, I'm still probably around D1 player. Well, you can't, it's like, it's like, it's like this. It's like, I'm assuming it's like for someone who gets into the UFC, right? For the first time, they mm. get like, they get scouted by Dana White, whatever. And then they, they fight. You can't call yourself a UFC fighter until you've done many fights in the UFC. Mm. Just because you've made it into the UFC, you're technically a UFC fighter on paper. Well, okay, let's see how you do in your first 10 fights. Mm. You know, then let's see what happens. Mm. In a way, that has to be your mindset. I'm not really a master tier player if I got there once and I scraped through the bottom of it, you know? Um, so, yeah, it was, it was just, it's just funny listening to this. And it's just the constant go high, drop I love low. this journey. Like, this journey is fantastic. Like, the amount of things you learn about yourself and... And about failure from this exact, like this has to happen. Like this is great character building for COVID. And it just has to happen this way. And it's fantastic. He's going to have such painful experiences from this. He could help other people as well and be like, this is exactly what I did. And and what can be more painful than that? Like in, in, in a league experience, like mm. nothing can trump this in a way. No. Like this is, that's the hardest climb in league in a way, like mentally. Like, yeah, sure. You, the Master to Challenger is definitely harder, but mentally... This is more difficult, in my opinion, um, D2 to Master Tier. So he's done this. What the world's, you know, anything that you do from this point, even in life in a way, it's like, well, I've overcome this. Mm. The well, hardest game in the world. As Kova said here, he, he never knew what that meant, what failure looked like. He didn't know how to bounce back from it. So he's sort of trying to work this out as he's, as as he's he go. going yeah, through yeah. it, you know. And, and again, how crazy. I mean, how old's Kova? Is he 1920? I thought he was like 21. 21, I think. you know. Like, it's, isn't it interesting? It's 21 years old takes to learn something like this today, mm. you know? Yeah. And that's why I think sports, you know, growing up, like, you know, traditional sports is just so good because it teaches it's you good, these yeah. things, you know? But we never viewed but we it like never, that. We never viewed it like that. I never that. viewed it, it like that. It could have been used. Again, I think that sports, again, for the education system in schools is just not... Because, I mean, again, you're just around people that will be talented and you just think that... Because we were just around talented... Well, talent... I feel like the, the talent matters a lot more when you're younger. It does, yeah. Like, I feel like the... the Like, if you play, say... Uh, I mean, in Australia, we play footy, like uh, AFL, Australian football. It's a very physical sport with the guys. So, it's sort of just genetics, so it's genetics yeah. that it comes into play. So, it's yeah. like, you're going to be immediately discouraged. Even if you will get grower eventually, the period in which you're small... It just matters massively. Like it's not a small, it's a huge difference in someone's physique just going through puberty essentially. Mm. And mm. sometimes someone goes through puberty when they're what, 15? Sometimes it takes them until they're 18 mm. to really have their growth spurt. I didn't grow till I was like 18. Um, so I feel like talent plays a huge role, but I don't think the the teachers or at least the role models we had, they, they don't really push 
and at least in Australia, in our country, they don't push the benefits of sport, really. Do they? Like they, I guess only, they they kept saying, "Oh, you got to be fit and healthy." Like that's like the whole narrative. Like it's good for being yeah. physically fit, I guess. But you never, I never viewed it as like an actual mental building. Mm, no, I didn't. Never, never. ever, ever. Um, the thing as well is also the best players they wouldn't be working that hard as well. No, you never That's saw anyone thing. work hard. No. no one, no one like was at the gym after school like yeah. pounding weights, and <laughs> you don't see people train and super hard. I mean, I'm sure there was some. I know, I know one of my friends, Carl, he did train pretty hard. Yeah. Um, when he was younger, but we just didn't see it. You're not around yeah, it. Yeah, that's the thing. You don't see no. it. Or he, they wouldn't talk about it. They wouldn't it. talk about it. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. All right, let's continue on here. I knew the reason I dropped wasn't only because I wasn't good. It wasn't because I wasn't good enough to be a Master 2 level player. It was because I reverted. I stopped playing in blocks. I stopped you know, going to gym consistently. I stopped focusing on school. I stopped doing other things in other areas of my life and focusing on that. I, I started to like become addicted to league again and I fell. And then seeing myself do that huge drop just fucked me and it made me think again. Like, you know, am I really able to do this? And you just have all these fucking thoughts go through and shit, man. And like, you know, you just think, and, and you know, of course as well, I'm gonna mention this, this is a little side, side note. I'm not, not depressed anymore. Um, yeah, so I think that was, that was like one right. for the one. Yeah, I wanted to. In- yeah, I was going to interject here anyway. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> humans are masters of creating narratives. We read this in a book recently that how I can't remember which one it was. That humans, we hate randomness. We can't mm. accept anything being random. We, if something is remotely random, we will create any narrative no matter how ridiculous to make sense of the randomness in front of us we cannot our brains that's the way we were designed over time we don't like whether if it was if something was just genuinely random like we would say it's the gods the spirits it was the karma it was you know xyz spiritual thing anything to convince us that we just attach to some narrative right and you know so as a result of creating these narratives, it's it's trying to create narratives the entire time and your mind is running a trillion miles an hour every time you lose. Like every 0-3 block, from what I've seen, in, at least in the MLA, people try to make sense of that 0-3 block mm. when there's nothing to make sense mm. of. A 0-3 block is a 0-3 block. But you've got to prevent yourself from thinking. We, we just think too much. We think way too much. Yes, we do. Which is a very contradicting statement in a way because we always talk about how people don't think enough. Yeah, but we think in different. This is a, yeah. in a different way. Yeah. I mean, this can get. I don't want to kind of. This is getting messy now. Get well, messy, but well, well, you so, see what I mean. So I guess the the, the thinking. Let's say creating a process. The thinking yeah. about that and being critical of your process. Yeah. But the great thing about once you have the process down, you don't think anymore because you're just doing this. And then over time, you're going to have to adjust and see the results. But like, that's why the three blocks so good because it's like, I'm mm. just going to play three blocks here. No matter what happens, the LP, bam, I'm doing this. And then obviously you need to get into the details and review, but that's it. And then you move on to the next three block and the next three block and the next three block. But you, you can't have to think. But that, you're, you're, you're spot on, Nathan. If, if, if someone is able to do that, but like Kova said here, it's sticking to those three blocks too. Because 
you're, you're getting distracted. You're getting pulled from so many different ways. Either you think you're really good, so you should play more yeah. or, <laughs> yeah. you know, whatever it might be. There's a trillion narratives at play yeah. here, but yeah. it's sticking to that is just the hardest thing. Um, because again, the narratives will pull you away from that zero, that, that block process. That it, I said this is even in the, in the rank guide. Preventing yourself sometimes from playing that fourth game will take, I mean, the most willpower you can drum up. I can't, I couldn't think of a moment in my life that's actually required more willpower than not playing that fourth game. Even though it mm. sounds ridiculous to say, mm. like it sounds like, that sounds really ridiculous, right? Like, I can't think of a moment in my life that has required more willpower than not to play that fourth game of a block. That's big. It sounds ridiculous, what, but it's, I can't. It's 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 harder. I'll tell you, what, for me, it's actually easy if overall my solo queue for the last week has been going pretty good. Right. But if I have had like four or five, like, you know, three blocks, you know, 15, 20 games, um, that will become increasingly harder and harder. Yeah, yeah. If you're not playing well and you, you in a way, you feel like you want to make up for it, you just want to get more games in, what, for whatever reason. And that's exactly how you revert on the process. When when things start going really bad, that's when... Because yeah. your brain's trying to get you at your weak point. It's looking for an exception as well. Yes. It always wants to think you're an exception. <laughs> yes. it, it, your brain is always thinks you're special and unique. Yeah, in we a all way. want to think we're special, yeah. We're special. We don't need to, to that, follow that That was process. my story last week, right? Me starting off the season, yeah. you know? You know, third person on the nose <laughs> to get masters out, you know, 24 and like nine losses and bam. You know, Nathan, you're not special. Here you go. Your gameplay sucks still. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really great that Kova shared this story. And, you know, I think that it's a very, you're spot on, Nathan. It's a powerful message. Just dealing with failure. We're all going to fail. And, you know, this actually leads to an interesting point. So I've got a client in the MLA named uh, Van. She says it's a girl and she... um very very switched on she like really has like um like a great process very process oriented gets into the details does follows it does everything but the problem with with van and her journey right now is that when she dies she she can't like she makes a massive show out of a mistake she makes a massive show out of a mistake. Now we're zooming in a little bit here. So let's say we're not, it's not even about the loss of the game. It's more about we're zooming into the mistakes within the, the game itself. So like say she's playing really well and then she makes a mistake. That mistake eats her alive to the point where she can't continue to maintain. She loses poise. She's a perfectionist essentially. And that's one of her narratives. Like she has to play, you know, this really great game and she tries to create a narrative out of every mistake. Whereas I play a game, I'll die seven times. And on the second death, I'm like, yep, this is just noise. It's just mm. a noise death. Like I remember I played a game versus a heck room and I watered the, the, the dot brush, but the, and I put it on the edge, but it didn't spot the jungler and the yeah. jungler twice yeah. caught me by sitting in the middle of the side lane brush. But I, in my mind, that wouldn't be possible because I would have seen the jungle. Yeah, and then I look in the review and yeah. I'm like, wait, where the hell did he get there? Yeah. And I thought it was just because I was not map awareness, but no, I just basically it was basically the, the ward. Yeah. Well, I actually don't even know what, maybe it was a bug or something because the ward was on the edge. I just didn't see him anyway. Yeah. And it was just noise. And I'm okay. I can drop that. I can die there and say, you That's can move it. on real quick. I can move like, on real okay, quick. I can it. let go. Sense, yeah. You know, and, and I think a lot of, these problems, whether it's Kova in the zero three blocks, whether it's Van in making those mistakes, whatever you're struggling with, I think one of the core issues, Nathan, and it's always coming back to this, is differentiating between noise and signal. That's my toolkit, actually. For me, that is actually probably you have a big the, focus. It's, on a, that it's like my, it's like my, um, 
you know when like you're you're swimming in a pool and you don't know how to swim and you have like one of those vests on like it's a thing that keeps me afloat it's actually my mechanism that prevents me from or, like creating narratives like it, it's like the anti-narrative tool if i can sort between noise and signal then i will know that i i won't let my brain create i won't la- i won't latch on to things so signal is looking for the most important parts of the game or got to do with what you're focusing on, on your learning objectives. Yeah, things that I can genuinely learn from that are impactful in my overarching yeah. journey of my just getting better at the game. Things so, that relate to my learning objectives and things like that. So let's say advice for people getting it because you've obviously, you all have enough knowledge yeah. and experience to identify, differentiate between noise and signal, right? And I mean, if you really think about it, that's what our review process is because we review with clients, right? We could go over one VOD for a long time, but I'm very good at just skipping through, just trying to find things that we just yeah. need and then bam, got a learn objective, yeah. bam, done, move on to the next yeah. VOD, right? Yeah. That takes a lot of time and skill, I believe. It does, yeah. So, well, what, that's what I'm saying. Well, the advice, or this is what I said, is that you've got to find patterns, is what I said. Yes, and I reiterate trends here, and you've patterns. You've got to find trends and patterns. Yeah. So, this is why I said, if Kova has a 0-3 block, let's yeah. say he has two 0-3 blocks, he shouldn't really start to overemphasize what's happening in those games until he can actually take a step back. Yeah, and, and look at trends. And one of them, and this is another tool, I'll give you guys, people out there listening, another tool to be able to identify um, signal and differentiate it from noise. I personally... And in, in mind that most people can't objectively review their own games after a block. Mm-hmm. So, so let's just say you have a zero three block. Your mind is going to be telling you a trillion reasons as to all like as to why that was the worst block. You played like shit. You deserve to lose. Whatever it was, right? But you don't actually know. No, like you might be able to identify mistakes, but you're not going to be able to zoom out and understand the context of those mistakes really that well. Like you can still get some learnings, but I, I still think. The, a beautiful tool is reviewing those games, looking back over them before your next block, like hours later or even a day later. Mm. So you say you do a one three block a day, right? Let's say you're, you're, you, know, you work and then you come home and then you play your three block and then you kind of chill, whatever. Before your next block, if you can schedule even just 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes to just skim over those three de- those three games and look at the like the deaths and why those deaths are happening. Look at what's actually take a step back and try and look holistically. What the hell is going on in these games? Am I always late to fights? Am I getting caught out in rotation? Am I dying to ganks? What exactly is happening? Then you can what what I've actually noticed is that you're able to separate. It's like a different version of you. Like is you now on on the Monday twenty third, <laughs> and then there's an old you yeah. that. In a way, you're like an updated you're version. You're wiser and older. You're wiser and older, and you can look over it as yeah. if like that's not me. That's not. But you, when yeah. you're on the same day, mm. you're that's you. Like that's you now, and you're immediately attached at an ego point, like a, a, from like an ego perspective to the result on that day. So I've personally found it really difficult sometimes to be objective about what is actually happening. So if you don't have a review partner or you don't have access to a coach right here, right now, that is a really good tool a really, really good tool to use. And you'd be surprised if give it a go. Even it sounds a very, you know, a little bit, you know, eccentric, whatever, but just give it a go. Review a day later, I think. That's Review good. a day later before the next block. And it's a great warm up tool as well. It's get actually a really good one. thinking about the get game. Get you thinking, it gets your brain warmed up. Seeing some mistakes that are happening. Like imagine if Kova were to like do that. Like imagine if he like had like, you know, rough games, went back to D2. At D2, he realized, okay, I'm going to just probably... You know, obviously, I didn't do three blocks, but step back and what's going on here? He probably could have saved himself 300 LP or whatever it was, you know, if he kind of did that. But, you know, 
that's obviously a different story. Getting yourself to do that's not easy. So know. the discipline comes in. Yeah. Um, so we need to be on top of this. I think this is a big one we need to reiterate through the entire year, Nathan. Yep. Just, just being okay with failure. Yep. Being and okay with making mistakes. And that the process is not just some linear thing. No. Even if you get results, it may look linear at times, but it's just not going to... It's not, it's not always going to go that way. Because all the concepts in league are interconnected. And it's not until you make those connections, like you can learn... Once it clicks. And what has to click, the connections need to be made between the concepts before the rank actually comes. Um... Was there anything else you wanted to add on to this one? I think that'd be... Well, shout out to Kova. Well. Shout out to Kova. Thanks for sharing that. Um, and hopefully, I, again, I thought it could help a lot of people just relate. It's like, yeah, you know, we're not all these perfect little, you know, because, and again, I think we lose touch sometimes with our audience, Curtis, you know, because we're... Yeah, definitely. You know, we're, we've got this down, but we haven't like, you know, we've been in the process for um, a long time now. I do want to add in one thing. And I'm going to, I'm going to really... I've got to be careful here. So I roast Steve all the time on the Discord, yep. right? Steve and I. I love Steve. Steve's a really great guy. He's been in my Discord for ages. And um, in a way, he reminds me very similar of Kova. And there's a few people that spring to mind in my Discord personally that have gone through something. Like they, they just have a very similar league experience. Mm. They have extremely high highs mm. and very, very low lows. And the one... There's two, okay, before we get to even Steve, Psyker was someone that I loved. I put in so much effort with Psyker. And sadly, he quit. He he went up, did a huge dip, and he never got over that dip. He, he gave recovered. up. And the thing I said to him, he said he didn't get it. He said to me, you know, I just don't. It's not worth that climb. Putting back that effort. Like he got to I think D D one D two whatever it was. Went back all the way to like plat, you know, wherever it was. And instead of making that, he got stuck at plat, you know, plateau to plat four, whatever it was, and never made that push. And I said to him, this is the most. If you quit now. This will actually haunt you, in my opinion, it will haunt you for the rest of your life in whatever endeavor you do. It doesn't matter what you're doing. The fact that you're giving up right now after you put in so much effort is going to send a message to yourself subliminally that you're just a person who gives up when shit gets too hard. Mm. And yeah, yeah, League might have been not designed for his personality, whatever, but find a way. I told him, once you get to Master Tier, it's just about proving yourself that you can do it. That was his goal that he set out to get. You gave up. And, it, and it, it, I never forget Psyche. He left like, you know, eight months ago, but I'll never forget Psyche because, you know, there are many people that, that try th something and they give up because they're not good with failure and they, their expectations are really high. They think too far in the long term. They're not getting into the details now and they're not okay with short-term failure. And it's sad to see the effects that they have on these people. It's, it's not good. Um, now, tying back to Steve... Steve is another classic example of someone who has high highs. He gets like GM, like four, 500 LP. I'm the greatest. I'm doing so well. He shows me all these win rates and he's like, he's win streaks and shit. And every time I see the win streaks, I know that in a week from now, there's going to be a loss streak and mm. he's going to go down 300, 400 LP. Does Steven Ada, he follows three block process and... Um, no, he doesn't follow the process. He can't get himself to follow the oh, process. okay. So that makes sense. Well, he then. does sometimes in, in bits and then he just doesn't review other games. Like he just skips reviews. Like he thinks he's... He thinks he's special, yeah, whatever, yeah. you know, makes exceptions for himself. But the underlying belief, Nathan, and why I think some people struggle to follow the process and others do, is that I actually don't think they've, I don't think the, they've really convinced themselves that they can get better. Like, they still have a fixed mindset. They, they still think they're talented. Like, they actually haven't had the conversation with themselves that I'm actually not talented here. And in order for me to get to the next level, I have to brute force it through, through sheer determination. Yeah. 
Like they and actually haven't, yeah. they haven't had that honest conversation with themselves. Mm. Steve still, I, I guarantee you in the back of his mind, my theory was Steve, and that's what's preventing him from sticking to the three blocks, genuinely believes whenever he has success, it's not because of the process. It's always because of like something else. Mm. Mm. He never credits the success to the, to the process. He always credits to something else because maybe it makes him feel better. Maybe it makes him feel smarter or I, I don't know. But a lot of people I've noticed, same with Psycho. They, they, they tie it back to talent. They tie it back to whatever it, whatever it is. It's them. It's not the process for some reason. And um, it's, it's, it's worrying, you know? And I, I think, and like I look at Steve, and I think, man, if this guy just stuck to it and just truly, de- you know, stuck to this and developed his growth mindset through this process, he'd be a really great player, and you get a lot of success and a lot of contentment out of the mm. game. And the thing is, you've had so many conversations. He knows what you yeah, think, but he, he knows just what I think. can't do it. No, it's crazy, isn't it? Just can't do it. <laughs> I mean, the funniest thing. I mean, you know, you guys just got to look at Curtis as example. You know, just the way the season starts, like. Curtis just does the same boring thing every year, every season. Well, once you've figured out the three-block process, right? Um, I mean, but you would have had your own process even when you were getting Challenger in season eight and nine. You just had a view of the game and mm. you just knew eventually. You had, I guess you had a lot of belief, I'd say, probably. Yeah. You were probably really confident in your skills and yeah. you know, with your ability on control majors. But I mean, yeah. now, you know, you just... Like everyone... Like, do you know how many people... Even I even checked your Discord... When the season, when you went playing at all the beginning of the season, what's Curtis doing? What's going on? You know, and obviously you had COVID and stuff, but people were like panicking that you weren't playing. You know, like I had people message me like, "Why is Curtis not playing?" And I said, "You know, he's sick, but he'll just I'm come the back." Turtle, dude, you're I'm just a turtle. The turtle. Just I'm so <laughs> patient. Like I'm just so you know? patient, dude. And you know, you gain. You know, yesterday you gained hundred LP, dude. Just doing just three, three blocks. I just did one three block, yeah. three hour yeah. log off. That's it. And that's all he does. And then the next it's day... It's just so slow. And then, you know, in three months' time, we'll see Curtis a yeah. thousand LP. You know? It will happen. It's just slow. It's inevitable. Yeah. But it's just patience. Like It's patience. Everything good comes with time. Mm. That's that's what you got to do. You got to brainwash yourself that that's what it's going to be. Um, and it's not sexy. And I'm going to have zero three blocks like it's I do. It's so boring. Yeah. I mean, you you were struggling, Mark, the, 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 to get past 100 yeah. OP. And then, but I didn't really view it as that. I'm yeah, like, but you wouldn't have viewed I it. I never but, viewed but it If like someone that. looked at your OPG, you'd be like, this guy's struggling. You know? I would, yeah, I've but never viewed like, it like oh, that. like, that's just a couple of days, you know, some noise. Yeah. yeah. I never view it like that. It's like, I never even look at the LP, by the way. Yeah. Like, I remember you came in and you said something like, oh, I'm 20 LP higher <laughs> yeah, than you, right? Yeah. In my mind, like, I didn't. No, I, that, that was, a, I knew you didn't give a fuck. I was just, like, was I just never give a fuck thing. about OP. Yeah. It's like, okay, see where, it, like, I look at the players now that are high reload. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I'll be better let's see where everyone is going to be in That's right. seven months' time. Well, it's because you've experienced that over and over That's again. It, people get high reload and then they drop. Yeah. Every season. Look at, you know, people get high reload at the start and then look where they are. Or in a year from now. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't matter. Just doesn't matter. Um, Okay, so I want to talk about. Um, I've been bugged by a lot of people talking about that path. Doc, he did like some big thesis thing. So he's the general manager of now, CSM. Look, just clarify, we this podcast is not about esports. It's not about it's solo Q podcast. This is a solo Q podcast. But because a lot of people have asked for our take on um, this, this whatever you want to call it, like a thesis, it's like a huge development document talking about how how development is going to be done or should be done in NA to turn the region around or whatever it is, right? Now, look, I want to be completely frank. It, I could not get myself to read that thing. It's it's um, very long. I think it's like 56 sli- uh, pages. 
it's got graphs, it's got buzzwords, it's the whole shebang. It's like, you've got to have a PhD in League of Legends <laughs> to bloody read that thing. You know, I'm not smart enough to read that. You obviously don't have a PhD. I don't have the attention span to read that. Yeah. But I skimmed through some of the stuff, I read through some of the key points, and um, I don't know what, I want to clarify my stance here. And feel free to jump in whenever, Nathan. Um, I think Nathan and I have made it very clear many, many times on this podcast um, how we would go about altering NA solo queue and yeah, NA just you, in general. If you go onto YouTube right now, you type in broken by concept, uh, the death of uh, NA, solo NA, queue? NA League of Legends or something, something like, like that. that. And then the other one was the Champions queue. Those are the two episodes. If you type in, that's where we talk about right. it. So very simply, TLDR, everything revolves around solo queue. Solo queue is, I mean, the be- the, the servers that have the best solo queue will have the best players and they will have the best teams and then they'll win. Simple as that, Re- if you really simplify it. Now, this whole document that Path put out, sure, there's some very intelligent concepts, graphs, buzzwords, like, you know, development, different stages and getting people to play different games and they should come in at this age and play multi-roles and do all this shit, right? There's some crazy stuff in here, right? The one thing that I, I really want to kind of look at is like, okay, let's look at who wrote this path. Who is this guy? He's been what a, a coach of TSM for a few years, five, six years, whatever it is. He's been around in TSM and that, that scene, he was like an analyst and then he was like a coach. Now he's like a man- nice general, manager. general manager. You know, he's been around that whole esports scene for a very long time now. You know, and, and this is the thing, is that what does Path really know about really developing talent? Like, what does he really know? Now, if, if you think of someone with a PhD in like a, in a traditional field, like you think of someone who studied how the heart works for seven years, they were like, a, they, they, they specialize in how the heart works. And if they wrote an, a, a thesis about one specific element of the heart, they would have a lot of merit. Like it would make sense to listen to their theory and like they would have a lot of evidence to suggest like that they, you should listen to them, right? I wouldn't even say seven years. I mean, we're talking about like, like papers that get published in science like 20 years. Right, you know? a cardiologist who's been working yeah. in the field for 20 years, 25 years and they have a theory about how it works, whatever. You know, chances are that what he's saying is, has some merit. Like you should probably give it a read and listen and it would probably make sense. The problem with Path, right? And, 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 this, and this is nothing against him personally. And I get he's just having a crack and he's just trying to help the scene. But this sort of thing can't come from someone that hasn't done, either hasn't got to very high elo themselves before and competed at a professional level. And it can't come from someone who hasn't gone hand-to-hand combat with clients. Unless this person has literally worked, you know, done that, we call it hand-to-hand combat, but one-on-one style coaching, seen what people struggle with, at every differing rank, on every differing server, differing demographics, differing age groups, whatever it is, and done the work, seen the problem, spoke to them. What's how does it? How does one person go from gold to platinum? How does one person go from platinum to diamond? Where does someone need to direct their attention in the game to go from diamond true to master tier? Where does someone? How does someone kill the nexus more effectively in master tier to go from to, from zero, zero LP to 400 LP, to 400 LP to 700 LP, 700 LP to one, one K LP. Those are huge skill gaps. There is a football field worth of distance between a grandmaster player and a challenger player. It's a metric ton of distance, mm. right? And so when it comes to talent development, it's coming from people that haven't done the work. 
They haven't gone into the details. They've only worked at the highest level. Sure, they've seen some talented amateur players that have come through and they've, you know, they've, they've done some little conversations and little hold hands around a circle and talk shit. They've worked <laughs> with pro players and seen how they work. You, you know, there's stuff there that he could probably has a lot of merit at the very pro level. Mm. You cannot talk and write a thesis about something that you haven't done the hand-to-hand combat with. So, sure, you know, there's probably some things that could theoretically work. But at the most simple level, you're talking about something that you don't even know how it feels, what it looks like. Have you actually coached someone from Master Tier, which is an amateur player a lot of the time, I mean, or even like a grandmaster or a low challenger player to high challenger? At the end of the day, what people seem to forget, people like Pass seem to forget is that solo queue is the great test. If someone is a very talented player with the package, they have all the skills, whatever, you know, they will naturally, the players that just make it, they're going to be the highest ELO players, the best players on the server. And we've seen time and time and time again, all the pro players are the top players on the solo queue ladder always. So the, tr- the problem isn't how to, de- you know, how to get someone, the, the problem isn't how to get someone from um, rank one to a top pro player. That's not the problem. That's not the problem. That's already done. The That's problem done. is to get as many players as possible pushing to take solo queue seriously to get to the highest level and like go from like master tier to challenger and like just increase the entire intensity and and the whole just the whole tra- solo queue environment within NA. That's all you would have to do. Now, if you look at this, there's many things preventing this from happening. Solo queue, um, a lot of pros don't take solo queue seriously nor play solo queue. People screaming over solo queuing. Um, just, just in general, coaches not infl- em- emphasizing the importance of solo queue, not having I- um, individual coaches. Um, um, I mean, there's a, tr- there's, a, there's a lot of things going on here that people take away. And even when someone does get high rank, people say, oh, it's only an ace, or like you, or whatever it is. Like, there's a trillion narratives going on that is preventing a young kid from actually wanting to pursue getting high rank in, in, in solo queue, taking solo queue seriously. And um, this, whatever that whole thesis is, you know, it's kind of missing the point and it's overcomplicating the issue big time. So that's all I'm going to say about it. Um, you know, and yet they might mean it's not the most sophisticated argument what I'm getting at, but it's you know let's 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 fix the twenty five percenters first, yeah, right? Let's go to one percent. Let's yeah. get someone to actually take solo queue seriously and mm. get into the review and like really focus on champ mastery and role mastery and try to actively pursue rank one before we even think about going pro. Mm. Like you're not gonna get, you're not gonna develop what what is developing someone from. What do you even mean, really? You know, it's like, it's such a buzzword. No one even knows how to do it. Like, just, let's just focus on solo queue. That's the thing that has worked. And let's just get good at doing that. Let's get people high ranked as possible. Make the solo queue environment incredibly intense and competitive. And period. I have an example of lack of accountability um, as well. This has come from Pro Players. I'm going to straight up call out Jensen was reviewing a game with Will. He's my high ELO NA challenger client. Uh, Jensen maps completely enemy teams all missing five people missing yep his team's resetting he's got a yumi on his size he's pretty fed roaming bot sees someone wants to go kill him blames a yumi for not using her abilities right and yeah sure she missed you know there was a really bad ult or cure or whatever but either way he was going to die there right and then he's blaming the yumi and if you just read the map for two he could do this but he couldn't do it in the moment because pro players apparently can't look objectively at even a solo queue game uh, he just didn't didn't get it, you know, and just blaming someone else for his mistake, you know, like like why are we not worrying about that instead of 
what some 17 year old should be playing other roles or some other games, you know? It's just, yeah, it's it's just pathetic. It's absolutely pathetic. And it just pisses me off. Like, pro players can't even tank accountability. No. You know? And that's coming from the top. That's coming that's from the, the role models. Champions. That's coming from the, the best. You know, the best. top four at Worlds, top eight at Worlds, you know? Yep. That's it. So there's, there we go as an example. Very simple. And I'm sure I can have many other examples. Many, many, many examples. Throughout the year with... Uh, and the other I thing I will note, the, the player-based thing is a thing, but it's a very small thing because it wouldn't make... There's more OS players in NA than NA or something. Like, there's some ridiculous... There's so many OS players in NA playing in both the LCS and Academy. We have a six of the player base of NA. It wouldn't make any sense to have that many O's players if it was pure player base. It, on paper, if we if that, if that was a thing, we wouldn't have remotely a chance. Not even a chance. So there's that as well. Um, moving on. All right. Uh, I have another topic and then we can jump into mailbag, I guess. Okay. Before we get into this topic, let's take a bit of a break. Okay. All right. So the next topic for today's podcast, we talked about belief last episode. Yep. And I want to talk a certain subsection of the player base, um, and why. And 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 I have a story here of one of my Soul Two members um, listened to that episode and came talking about you know his belief. Okay. People that have been around the same Elo for years and years and years and years and years. Okay. So I'll read this one out. Um. So hi Nathan. Backstory: I started playing League at the end of season two. So it's basically almost 10 years now. Every yep. season I was playing about 10 games almost every day. A couple of seasons I was around bronze, silver, blaming my teammates for every loss. In season seven, I realized that this game is much more complex than I thought. So I started watching tutorials and coaching sessions and I reached gold. I was still playing 10 games a day without any process, just queuing up, finishing every season with more than a thousand games played, finishing every season gold for zero LP with warning of expiration to motion shield. I'm stocking gold for five seasons now. I know that I have a lot of great game knowledge. I'm spending a lot of time watching videos or programs and reading about League. After playing League for so long, I know every champion and his identity, every item. When I watch my replays or other games, I can easily identify win cons and lane states, what plays the right one at specific situation, what's going to happen next. My main problem is how am I stuck in gold if I know so much about this game? What am I doing wrong? I couldn't find an answer to that, and that's why I decided to join Soul 2. Uh, shortly after that, I discovered BBC and I started listening to the podcast. These two things have increased my knowledge of the game even more. I'm in Soul 2 for four months now. I'm following three-block process, reviewing most of my games and taking five to ten-minute break uh, between every game. Playing one or two blocks every day. I didn't rank up at the end of the season and in preseason after playing more than a thousand games. My MMR was so bad that I was losing 17 and gaining 12. I knew that it would be hard for me to rank up. So I decided to spend that time preparing myself for next season. I was fully focused on learning mechanics and creating good habits, completely ignoring my LP and win ratio. When season 12 started, I set my goal to reach a 60% win ratio after 50 games. I finished placements in Silver 3. After a couple of days, I had 31 wins and 20 losses, so I made it more than 60% win rate. And then it started. In the last five days, I played five blocks with the results, two wins, 13 losses. From great start of the season, I dropped again to 50% win rate. I'm feeling I don't have any influence in the game. Sometimes I'm making mistakes. I know that this uh, loss is my fault, but sometimes I'm having a great game. I don't know what to do. My league experience in the last days was awful. I'm feeling that with my experience, game knowledge, and time that, I, that I'm spending to getting better at outside the game, I should just fly with ease to medium ELO. 
Meanwhile, I'm struggling low silver. I love league, but for the first time, I'm seriously considering giving up. After being stuck at low elo for so long, maybe it's time for me to face the truth and just realize that I'm not good enough to play league at a decent level. There's two things that spring to mind, Nathan. I want to jump in here. Love it. I got a guy in the MLA. Yep. Prab. He's been... I've done so many reviews with this guy. Yep. He's from Oz. Yeah. And, um, and I told him, so like, this is what... Like, I'm pretty brutal sometimes. And I, to- I told him, you've got no talent. Like, you're actually really bad at the game. Yep. And embrace that. Yep. Like, you're going to... Cl- your climb... Like, you're going to have to put in way more effort... Than the average than, player. And then uh, other people. Because he had no experience to other games before League. Like, he was like a new PC gamer. Like, and he's just... Everything's just slow. Yeah. And and I, rather than... Like, I, I, and I told him that on purpose. I knew, first of all, he could take it. Yeah. He's a very logical dude. Yeah. But I wanted to, like, lower his expectations. Like, you're not going to... You're not going to zoom through Platt. You know, and I worked with him, and I said to him, he was a goal three player. He was a genuine goal three player, like a, like a, like not like a short term goal. Like he's a real goal three player, yep. like a genuine yep. goal Gold three player. player. Yep. All the narratives, all the things. Well, just like level of play, level like he's play. just a just, genuine goal. Like okay. there's nothing he could play as many games as you want to play. He would be goal three for a long ass time, yeah. and and he got all the way from goal three yeah. with knowing barely anything about the game, terrible mechanics to. He got to plat two or plat one, mm. a genuine plat two, plat one player in in one season, right? Mm. And he said, "Oh, I thought I could get more." And I'm like, "Dude, you were bad at the game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like you were shocking. Yeah. And you're a smart player. You've got yeah. decent movements. You've got great champ mastery. And you're a genuine plat two player. He's gonna he'll easily get diamond next season, though, know, because he's following the process. He he does the reviews. But one thing I told him is like, you you just don't like sometimes like his feel for the game was just off." Like his feel, and this ties into my main point here, which is that, you know, league. The, I always use this analogy in my vods: is that league is, it's it's like seventy percent surfing, thirty percent chess. That's how I view league, mm. and and why I say it's a combination of surfing and chess is mm. that chess is a very strategic, logical type of game. I'm assuming there's feel involved as well, but we'll put that aside for now. But surfing is a very feel or balance is a very feel oriented thing. You got to feel. So you've got to have an element of 30%, say it's 30%, 25%, maybe even 20% of, of strategy and thinking and understanding. But you also got to have a, the most of it, 70 to 75% of it is going to be feel. You don't, you don't think about how much damage you do. You don't think about how much damage you can take. You don't think about how much damage you do a minion. Most of what you, you do in League is actually largely feel. So with, with Prab, what I did is we did a lot of reviews and I would just say, just do it. Just feel it. Do it. Don't think. Stop thinking. Because he would think, think about everything. everything yeah. Curtis, he would ask me the most ridiculous questions. Like, Curtis, on this wave, you know, should I pull... Should I... Like, just really in-depth wave stuff. And I'm like, okay, you know, this is good. Like, now you kind of get it. But now once you got that, like, I, I get it. Let's stop worrying about that for now. And just just die. Just go in and die. Go in, do your damage, and die. Yep. And just do it again and again mm. and again. And like he slowly got it. He started to simplify, think less. I actually told him in many, many reviews, you're thinking too much, think less, just feel. Try to kill your goddamn opponent. I told him, and this is why I, I, I had another guy today, Zed player, Platinum. He he played 60 games of Zed and he's like ready to get a review. He understands a lot of the theory. But he's thinking about, you know, wave stage. He's thinking about not dying to ganks. He's thinking about, you know, resets. You know what he forgot? Just killing your goddamn opponent. You can just walk up and arm and kill him. So I said, okay, you got to think less now. You've got like the fundamentals of the champ down. You even think about the game well. But now you just got to put that all to the side for now. Learn what your limits actually are. Then we can reintroduce the stuff that you've learned. 
Because right now you're over-indexing on chess. You're playing 70% chess and 30% turfing. You got to do the other way around, man. So with whenever I hear that sort of story, that guy mm. is what I would what in the past we would have called like an analyst, a Reddit analyst, a theorist. Because he thinks he has great game knowledge, everything. But specifically, what you got to do with those sorts of clients is you got to get them to not think and just just really play to feel and feel the game out. Like go in, just try to kill this person. If you were trying to kill this person, how would you do it? Like think less. That's the advice I would give players like that, because. A lot of the time, these players, because they're thinking so much, they don't. They either don't go in, or they they hesitate, or they're scared to go in, or whatever it might be, depending on the champ they play, right? Um, so feel, 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 and the only way you develop feel and intuition is by doing something, and just and then going into the review, looking at it, either registering as a positive experience and looking at why it happened, or registering as a painful experience and looking at why it happened, and just do it again and again and again. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah, I love it. I think that's spot on <laughs> advice, to be honest. That's better advice than I gave him. I talked about the belief in sending that Tony Robbins thing and stuff like that. But well, yeah, but I, I definitely think that's that an element of it. I definitely think that. I mean, that's what my problem was when I got back to the game. Is I was overthinking the shit out of the game. You know, mm. the less I thought, the better I was. Yeah, which kind of does your head in. You're like, well, what's the point of everything that I learned? But that stuff comes. Like, it adds on to it. Like the foundation is the feel of your champion. That's the foundation. Mm-hmm. And then you build from the feel of your champ to, to how do I replicate certain things? Like, it's kind of like, you're never going to know, like, you're never going to know what your champ can do unless you actually understand its limitations. Like for a car, for example, say you want to, like you're in Formula One, you want to like get the max, like get every second, every millisecond. Well, if you're driving really conservatively and, and like trying to overthink, like you're not feeling the car, like the, some of the feedback in that documentary the, the, they gave to some drivers, the good ones and the ones that just didn't make it, they thought too much. They're reading into like the, there's all heaps of stats in Formula One where like you should break here. There was, I remember specifically, I know I'm going on a lot here, but there was one, a, 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 an episode where it went into, um, this is Drive to Survive. Drive to Survive, the documentary. There was one where I think it was, there was one because they in the teams there's like two drivers right and then usually there's like one good driver and one that's kind of trying to beat that driver there's like a kind of like a secondary driver and the guy that was losing he wasn't he kept studying the the charts of the better driver and like and and it shows like when they braked when they accelerated and like they would he would like think about it trying to think too much and then already the guy like the the consultant dude was like he's just thinking too much he's not going to be good like Mm -hmm. he's he needs to feel the car Mm -hmm. And like, you're not going to know what you can do unless you feel it out. And, and I know this is very contradictory to a lot of what we say, but um, it's kind of a recent, I would say it's a somewhat recent finding. For certain people that don't have this problem, they're actually the other, they're on the other spectrum. They all feel. Feel and no think. No yeah. think. And then you get the all think, no feel. Like, and there's people in the middle of the spectrum. It's yeah. a spectrum. And he's, I, I think, my theory, I mean, I haven't seen his gameplay, but I would assume that he's probably he on is. the, he's he's smart the all guy. think, yeah, no, he's an all no. Think, yeah. And the, yeah, usually they're very theoretical, like in, in real life as well. Like they're usually software engineers yeah. and, and stuff like that. Mm. Um, it's just that personality type. Great. Love it. That's my advice. I definitely. Anyway. I think that make a lot of things clicked for me when you were said there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, haven't I forgot about it. it because that's exactly what, yeah, I was. That, that will build your foundation. Feel, yeah. Um, I did want to talk a little bit about here before we go into my mailbag, Nathan. I wanted to talk a bit about um, my recent role model. And he's a fitness guy. 
And I've been talking a lot about him in my Discord, in my fitness channel. I've been talking to Nathan a lot about him. And he's just, his name's Eric Bugenhagen or something like that, Bergenhagen. And he's this American dude and he... um. He's inspired me a lot. Like, you know, sometimes you latch onto a role model and like they, they change your view of something. Like you, you either read a book, you watch this video, you know, and they just change your perspective of something that you thought you already knew a lot about. And this guy's philosophy when it comes to lifting weights is essentially, um, it's all about like intensity and your mindset approaching your, your, when you're going to the gym, like your intensity and the way you're approaching lifting weights, which was very different. I never heard anyone talk about that. It's kind of like when we, some people stumble across our content, Nathan, and then we talk about mindset. We talk about like sometimes like psychological stuff and like your relationship with the game. If someone hasn't come across that before, it's, it's a shock. You're like, mm. I thought league was all about micro mechanics and just getting, just being good at the game. game. Knowledge. And, and, and this really blew my mind. And essentially one of the big things he spoke about was, you know, when you come in to the gym, like he said, people all the time just rock up to like just lift the weight. Like they don't come in with the intensity to really go that next level. Like a lot of time people plateau. Plateaus are a really big thing when it comes to lifting weights and like getting to the next level. And he says the big, one of the biggest reasons people plateau is that it's not that they can't lift the weight. They don't believe that they can lift the weight and they don't come in with that intensity to really push themselves to that next level. And... um. And I think that I've really kind of gelled with this and I've, I've applied it. Well, I mean, we've, we've altered our routine a little bit at the gym. And then also like, it's actually shifted my mindset going to the gym. Like I'm going, doing less exercises with the, well, I'm coming in with the intention to, to lift more than I did last time. And I would try my best. I would give him my all. Like I'm, I'm, I'm putting every ounce of my intensity into that, into that routine now the difference between league and lifting in in sense in lifting you only need to remain focused for that 30 seconds right whereas in league you got to remain focused for 35 minutes and then you're going to queue up and then do review and you're going to say for another 35 minutes the, the 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 periods of intensity when you're playing league have to be so high for such an extended period of time which is one of the reasons league is one of the hardest games of all time it's the duration of it the constant on there's no breaks like even in chess, right? There's like little miniature lull states or whatever. In league, you're in it from the get-go. And so one thing that, you know, I'm taking from this guy moving through this year is just my overall intensity in in just my focus heading into games, like really playing to win and really playing to actively improve, like coming in with that that mindset to just dominate and just really, even if I'm improving, to really focus on it. Like, whereas in the past, I had a problem where I would die to a lot of ganks. And sometimes it would take me a while to kind of get over that. Boom, within this, like, last two days, like, I just didn't die to, like, barely any ganks. Like, I was super you focused super on super focused it. on it. You had the intensity. And I had the intensity to not die to ganks. Yeah. You know? And even though it sounds really simple. It does. It's just it, a it mindset. Is. It, is, and, like, it is for sure. If I'm focused mindset. on one aspect of the game, like, it happens to me. Sometimes when I play in Rek'Sai... I get sloppy with my knock-up. Sometimes, like, because if I miss a knock-up, I, the game, like, the scrimmage is over. Yeah, that, you lose the scrimmage, Because, yeah. like, I need to, it takes ages to unbarrel again. And you don't get your damage off. Yeah, I don't get my damage, you know, because sometimes you're close on the edge and sometimes I get sloppy with it. Mm. And then literally, you know, sometimes I get sloppy and I'm like, fuck it, I'm, I'm just going to focus on my clicks. I'm just going to hit, knock them up every yeah, time. Yeah. And then I, it's a fix. It's fixed. It's fixed. Once, I'm, once I'm Once you laser focus off, on I'm it. I'm literally pissed off, laser focused. Yeah. I'm not going to miss a, a knock-up. Yeah, and I think that really goes to show. It sounds really simple, 
But it's just, a, it's again, it's just a mindset. Yeah, it's a tiny, small, basic mistake. I mean, theoretically, like Rexa is not hard to, like, that's a really easy thing mm. to do, but you can get sloppy and that one thing could cost you the game. And, and, and this is the thing is like, you know, it's very easy to go through the motions in league. Like, it's very easy to go, sit on your computer and say, all right, I'm going to listen to Curtis and Nathan's bullshit three block. <laughs> you go in, you log in, you do your warm-up autopilot, yeah. and you go in and you play. It's, it's very easy to just go through the motions. When something is a routine, mm. it's very easy to check out. So, in a way, like... The, you need the process plus you need the intensity. And the intensity, yeah, you've got and, to find a and, way to and, get and, it. And look at that story from the Salty member, Bart. That's the same. Like, he could be three-blocking, but it could be low intensity. It could be just low intensity. Just play for the yeah. Do a three-block for the sake of a three-block. Because that's what Nathan and Curtis just told me to throw do. throw it into oblivion. Let's yeah. just throw this three-block out there. Let's send it, you yeah. know? <laughs> Let's send this three-block out there and whatever happens, happens. I mean, there's a big difference as well in the gym. Like, if you think you can do an extra rep, that extra rep is, like, game-changing. It always reminds me, Nathan, of that Kobe Bryant um, story. It's on one of his motivational clips. And it was like, he went to China and he was holding like a training routine for like these, some Chinese kids. And they were doing like some exercise called suicides up and down mm. the the um, the court. And like some kid like didn't go, the they didn't touch the line. And like, was like, I think like maybe like 20 centimeters away from the line. And then he stopped it and said like, you know, he's everyone doesn't get the prize or whatever it was. And then you got to do it again. Like you got to do extra twenty or something. And then, yeah. and then, and again, the the it's the same thing. It's the mindset you you've made the effort to to or to come here. You've already done all this work. Why why give up when you're that close? Like you've made the effort to get on your computer, log in, do your warm up, and like sit and queue and go through the loading screen, pick your champion, fucking play, dude. You've you've made it this far. If you're gonna do it, do it. Like don't half ass it. Let's go. Know? Let's go. Like if you're gonna do it, do it. If you're not going to do it, don't even show up, you know. And, and that's like the, my mindset. I think why I think we struggled at the gym for a little bit through a certain period of time is like we just we're just showing up. Yeah. We're just showing up. Sure, we got the discipline to get there, but zero results. If I'm going to wake, if I'm going to go there and I'm going to like pack my bag, I'm going to catch the tram, I'm going to go to the gym. I got to stretch, got to go through it. Might as well put in the effort to get the max value of like why I'm even here in the first place. Mm. And and again, it just again ties into that mindset. Just it's just putting in that effort. And that's really inspired me. And it, it sounds like a simple thing, but it's been a big inspiration for me just to kind of, as like a wake up call. It's just a wake up call. If I'm going to three block, let's make this the greatest three block, period. And find a way to get it done. This is where I talk about warm ups. I talk about motivational videos. People laugh at me for that shit. I talk about like playlists, talk about whatever, whatever works for you, whatever get, gets you off, man. Get into the mindset. It's that mindset. And, 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 you know, shout out to Eric for, you know, helping me with that. And it's true. It really is true. Um, but yeah, I want to share that one. Love it. All right, let's jump into Nathan's mailbag. Welcome back Nathan's mailbag. Jingle, jingle, jingle song. Okay, first question here is from uh, Mr. Fields. Okay. The title of this email is The Support Role. Hello, lads from the Upside Down. I'm a low ELO player in NA who needs a bit of encouragement. Recently on your show, you two have spoken at length about the shitty narratives that hang around league player spaces. And the one that does me the most harm is the idea that support players are inherently bad at the game. 
For the life of me, I cannot let it just roll off my back. I tell myself how stupid it is, how it's just a sophomoric low elo mentality of low elo players who don't value anything but team deathmatch, but it still gets to me. It's very isolating. At one point, it even got me to temporarily quit the game. There was a post on the subreddit where some Korean solo queue player, they all apparently worship as some kind of god said that support players are bad at the game because they can't last it. And of course, the comments were all about how support mains are bad. Boosted don't deserve their rank, have it easy, e-girl, janas, the works. Just seeing so many hundreds of comments hating me just because I enjoy playing support just got me in a profound way. It hurt. It's not even just the subreddit too. Not too long ago, I got into Nisa's content to try and get better at the game. Until one of his podcast interviews, he and the interviewee agreed that Enchanted players are inherently worse at the game than everyone else. That almost felt like a betrayal. I thought he wanted to help players like me. I don't know why I like support so much. I just like screwing up what the opposing team wants to do more than advancing my own game plan. Even when I play my other role, Jungle, I spend a lot of time, maybe too much, hovering around lanes because I really, really, really want the enemy jungler to show up so I can murder them for even so much at looking at one of my carries. I just love making the enemy team hate me. Anyway, thanks for all you two do. Uh, you can't begin to imagine how much it means that there's a space that discusses league with maturity and common sense and not the same childish bullshit that pervades everywhere else. All right, so we need to encourage uh, Mr. Fields here. Okay, so where I want to start here, Nathan, is first of all, Mr. Fields, um, okay, so let's let's quickly do a quick definition of what is, okay, it's even hard to get into this, like what is more or less skilled? Objectively, there is more room for error as a support player, especially an enchanter. Let's just say that is the case. Well, you mean less room no, for error? No, there is more room for error. You can make mistakes. Like it's, if there's less room for error, you can't make as many mistakes. When there's more room for error. Oh, sorry. Yes, correct. Right? Right, right, right. So, yes, if I were you, say I love enchanters and you love playing, you know, Sona, Jana, whatever, Soraka, whatever. If it is or isn't harder, if there is or is less, more room for error, less room for whatever, it doesn't matter. Embrace that and then push it to the limits. And then in a way, like, sure. Yep, it might be a little bit easier in the short term. It might be a little bit more room for error. That doesn't mean that doesn't mean you have to abuse that. It doesn't mean you have to, like, make mistakes. Like, you can still hold yourself to a very high standard play, incredibly high level enchanted gameplay. There's a very big difference between a Jana that sits behind their AD carry and or a Sona that sits behind their AD carry, farms for 20 minutes and wins at 30 minutes in a team fight comparatively to a Sona that gets up in their face, walks that tightrope, beautiful quality vision, great wave management. Dude, that's good at the game. It's good at the game. That's it doesn't matter. The There's no such thing as like, it might be easier, but there's always levels to the game. It, 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 sure, there's more room for error. You can you can do that style where you sit behind your AD carry, be a bitch for 35 minutes and win the game, and that will climb to a certain point. But the best... Enchanted players don't even play like no, that. They, they bully you in lane really hard. Yep. They shit on you. They control the bushes. They become. They exert immense amount of pressure on the map. Get great quality vision. They're hard to beat. Dude, my learn objective is support. Ro- Enchanters roam, dude. Like, Jan- Jana's roam Jana, all the time. Holy shit, dude! Do you know how many games I lost to a Jana recently? Well, the rank one player in Oz right now is a is an Enchanter player and there plays a lot of Jana. Um, I mean, the, the skill cap is still very high. Regardless if there's more or less skill 
you still could be the best at your craft. It's yeah. like it's like imagine playing American football. Sure, you can theoretically say that like the quarterback has there's more skill cap involved in being a quarterback versus like a defender. But who cares? It's your role. If I'm a defender, I'm going to try my best to get the max get like do the best I possibly can to be the best most disruption in the game. How can mm. it be hard to beat? Period. Yeah. Be hard to beat. Period. Doesn't matter if you're playing whatever champ, be hard to beat. So as long as your mindset is like, how can I push my champ to the absolute limits and show what, you know, these champs are really capable of and like just be a beast and try and push the absolute limits of like my role, then nothing else matters. Everything is noise mm. because the people that will complain, I mean, the, the best 80 carries will like to play with great quality enchanter players, period. I would love to have a great enchanter player on my team that dominates their opponent, Yeah. period. Yeah. Whether or not I'm better at them at the game holistically, who cares? LP is LP. You enjoy the game how you enjoy the game. And again, I just can't get that. Those players are very good. They're, they're very Still good. Still very good at the game. To get high elos at Enchanted Imply, you have to be good at the game. You have to be very good at the game, period. You know? It's just the way it is. I mean, a lot of, a lot of the time, the people that genuinely complain about Enchanters like climbing and stuff, a lot of the time, they're just insecure about their own level of play. Most of the time. Um... I myself have been frustrated, and usually when I've said that, because I, you know, I'm going to call myself out. I have said that at times, even in my Discord. Sometimes I say, "Oh, you know, this person just spams enchanters." Wait, what about Yumi though? Um, okay. Regardless, whether it's Soraka, Yumi, Sona, whatever, like I've found myself saying something like that. Okay, and I'm going to call myself out. I've said something very similar to Nice like that before, out of frustration. Because like I can't I can't make a single mistake, but they can like still get caught out, and the yeah. game will get extended, and they'll win the game, right? But at the end of the day, it's just an excuse that I'm told myself. Like yeah, it's, yeah, I'm yeah, looking yeah. for an out. You are, yeah. Like it's all just it's all just me. It's just insecurity. Yeah. It's all just ego. It's all just me looking for an excuse. Yeah. Like it's me being pathetic. Like <laughs> that's all it is. It is. It's true. Like I'm just being a, I'm just being a loser. Yeah. So um you know people like myself and I'm you know defending Anissa a little bit here is that you know, people can get frustrated and, you know, we're not robots all the time. And I'm sure Nice didn't mean it like that, but, um, you know, he, he, yeah. And so objectively, yes, it is a little bit easier, but that doesn't stop you from being a beast, period. Man, even the humans, I mean, there's lots of, there is mechanical things in terms of soaking up abilities, getting off, right? Getting off and then jumping back on them and stuff. Ward locations, knowing when to roam. Just wave management, bush wave. control. Like there actually is, landing I mean, your poke Yumi, tethering. Yeah, it's, it's not that Baiting simple. out abilities. Just a like, bad Yumi obviously would sit there. Like a gold or a, or a silver Yumi would just sit on them. Well, yeah, that yeah. doesn't require skill. But if you want to climb... As a Yumi player, I mean, especially in high elo, that's really hard because you're getting dived every every cannon stack. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. not that easy. So so that's the that's the message. Bring it back to mastery. Yeah, you can't. No one can shit on you. And even if they did, who cares? You're playing the game what you, the way you like. Be the master at it. Pursue mastery in that style. Push your limits. All right. Next question here is from Keegan. Title's email is long-term plan. Hi, Curtis and Nathan. My name is Keegan. I wanted to say that I love your podcast. I've been listening on Spotify constantly ever since I discovered it last year, almost as much as I've listened to music. The way you two view the game has inspired me to make take more control over the way I view everything, especially League. I only started playing about a year ago during the height of quarantine, so I still have an absurd amount of absurd amount to learn about the game. My goal is to be the best overall player I can with my current lifetime goal 
being that I can play any role, at least a gold or plat level player. However, I started exclusively as a jungler since I was told it would help me learn the game and improve overall the fastest. After listening to the first few episodes of the podcast, I realized that was a huge error and switched to mid lane at the beginning of the season. <laughs> I'm currently in bronze one trick in Annie with a plan to add one more champ around silver so that I don't create too many bad habits with Annie and then eventually add in another champ after I hit gold. My secondary role is currently ADC where I play Tristana and I plan on dodging if I'm autofilled or my champs are banned, but luckily neither have happened yet. Is mid with ADC secondary a good way to learn league fundamentals the fastest, or am I making it too hard for myself? I'm open to changing either role to anything else. I just want to maximize every game that I have, since I'm only able to play five-ish, three blocks a week due to being a full-time college student with a part-time job. Um, I, I think it is better to start at a lane and then move to jungle if you like jungle i think you, you ideally want to get to at least if you can i think in a perfect world you would probably get to plat four and then swap to jungle i think that would be ideal if you wanted to go down that route uh, you can climb from silver to gold as a jungler and go down that route but i think you probably would be a better overall player if you kind of learned the basics of lane and understand how lane works then move to jungle yeah i agree so i would say um there's that but i think mid 80 carry is fine one thing I, the only thing I don't like about what he said was have a third champ in gold. Too many. I would have two max in gold. Yeah. Two max, that would get you all the way to plat, and then you're rock and roll in a plat, and then you can decide what you like the most. Whether you like jungle, you can go to jungle, whatever you want to do. But yeah, mid 80 carry is fine. It's a great one. Um, the reason 80 carry is good is that it's a very simple role. It allows you to utilize some of the micro that you've learned in mid lane. Um, pretty straightforward. What I what bugs me a little bit here is talking about this mindset of what's the fastest way to learn the fundamentals. Like, it's like it's like a it's like a really logical thing. It is make it's a good question to ask, but you've got to enjoy and have fun at the game. You know, like if I start thinking about that, I'm just it's not going to have fun, man. Like if I I mean you know if you like ADC Shore and stuff, but I mean I mean I brutally learnt the game through the jungle lens, right? I only jungled basically, um, and that took me longer. But I had way I had lots of fun doing that. Well, even you know? with Annie, you know, if you don't really, if you don't have fun playing Annie, you're not going to make it. Like at, at some point, you're not going to make it. Like there okay. are other champs that you can learn the fundamentals on. Sure, Annie is a great one, but like you got to find a balance between a champ that allows you to learn the fundamentals and you have some water fun on, right? So if you genuinely don't like Annie it's you're gonna just it's it's gonna hurt it'll hurt in the long run so um ideally yeah if you don't mind annie great you don't have to love her but you don't as long as you don't dislike her um find a champ try and find that balance with a champ that you enjoy slash learn is pretty simple straightforward yeah i mean my perspective you'll learn the game way faster if you're having fun agreed well because you have Even the motivation if it's slower. yeah you're you gonna into that and mindset when, and then when it gets hard you'll power through it what's well, tying into that mindset nathan you're going to rock up to the block with the intensity like going in having fun it. yeah you're not going to be like oh here we go again yeah. three shitty anti games because again. I, this is the fastest way to learn fundamentals <laughs> gonna, <laughs> your terrible. focus is going to be so low i hate that i really do yeah yeah agreed something to keep you know definitely he might like it might not something to keep an eye on next question is from patrick champion pool traps a frequent topic of conversation on the podcast is maintain a small, consistent champ pool that you play every year over year. 
Curtis has talked frequently about the players who are consistently challenger do so with the same champion year after year. However, I've also heard Curtis talk frequently about how Katarina, Melzhar, Vladimir, Yasuo players are setting themselves up for a very hard time. Nathan has talked about how Amumu and Warwick players frequently teach themselves bad habits that need to be unlearned and often don't wish to go through that process. When it comes to champions you love and enjoy playing, win or loss ahead or behind, how does one reconcile that they may be mechanically or fundamentally inappropriate at that point in their journey? It's a tough one. It's not an easy question. It's not an no, easy one to answer. Not. Look, it really ties... Like, Okay, so I'll put it very simply. And then um, you, might be able, you might have a different opinion, Nathan. But not everyone is playing to be a pro, right? And there's very... So, so at the end of the day, if it takes you... If it takes you two years to get to the rank that you want or it takes you three years, at the end of the day, it's a hobby's hobby. It's not really the end of the world. So what I'm getting at here is that let's say objectively you wanted to climb as a Vlad one trick. Sure, you might you you know you might struggle certain through certain ranks, you might have a harder time through certain ranks. But at the end of the day, if that's what you enjoy about the game, you love Vladimir, like yeah, you're going to be on, on a harder journey, but the difficulty of the journey doesn't matter if you're having fun. Mm. So like I, I what I what I say is that you know it doesn't have to be some perfect smooth journey with the perfect pool. Some people do want that because maybe they want to play competitive or they want to be just, their goals to be a very well-rounded player. But some people don't want to be a very well-rounded player. They just want to be really good at like these two champs. Like they want to be a cat, your own a true trick. That is completely fine. We can learn the game through that lens if you really want to. Mm. It just might be a little bit trickier. So like you got to find what is really important to you. Is, is it really that important for you to play that champ? That's ultimately the question that you can answer. If it's not, let's say you, you do like it, but it's not really important to you. What I would recommend is learning the game through other champs lens and then coming back to that later on and like adding it as a niche champ in your pool. Um, you know, if you're all casting in one trick, but you feel as though you're not really attached to the champ, like you kind of can easily drop it, but you like the champ. You're not really attached to the champ. Expand a little bit, come back to Cassidy or even have it on the side as your, as your pool Add in maybe another one or two core other champs and then just have it as your niche pick all the time. Don't have to one trick it, you know? That's like the advice I would give. It's a case by case basis. Yeah. I mean, I'll go bring it back to what I said the last thing. Just having fun is really mm. important. I'll tell you what, I have a story about my lease um, and just how even you can get bad habits just from a rune. Like, so Predator, right? You know, I was running Predator yep. release. Yeah, that was very annoying to deal with. Um, I was playing spamming Predator release, and I mean, I have criteria for a gank, right? And with Predator, you can actually skip some criteria. I feel like that breaks the whole game. It does break the game a little bit. And I actually noticed I got worse at ganking. Like, some of them, I actually switched away from Predator release because I want to try another place like Dark Harvest and Scaling more so. And I just exploded. I couldn't play the champ anymore. It was crazy. Predator changes a champ's threat by a massive, massive amount. Massive isn't it, right? And, um, yeah, and then, I mean, I've had to get rid of that champ. It's out of my pool now because Mentable. I just just got fucked in terms of, like... Yeah. Um, I, I was aware, but I wasn't aware of how bad it was affecting me because then I started ganking. It just not... Ganks weren't working because I had to have that extra criteria to make the gank be successful. It's fascinating. It was fascinating, wasn't it? And because it's the muscle memory because... I'm going for the gank every time and I'm like, this is a good gank, this is a good gank and suddenly I'm playing the same champ 
Like old McGain. It's like removed an ability. It's like yeah, removing an ability it from is. your kid. It has. It's yeah. been massive. Yeah. I feel like no other rune in the game does it that big. Maybe electrocute switching. What would be for mid? Yeah, I don't know. Um, well, there was a predator phase mid. Phase rush? Phase rush does take time things. to adapt. Yeah. yeah. But not really. I don't think as much as predator and junglers and just predator in general. Like predator hecarim. I mean, I'm telling you, man. Like that makes such a big difference. It does. Such yeah. a big difference. Yeah. Predator Vigor changes the champ completely. Yeah, so I thought that was an interesting story to share. You keep looking at the recorder here and it's concerning. Yeah, because the battery's going to die. Oh, We're going to do one fuck's more. Sake. <laughs> All right, so last one here is from Liam. Advice on getting my act together. Okay. Hello, Curtis and Nathan. For the next six weeks, I have the opportunity to do whatever I want. Uh, to dedicate that time to getting from plat one to diamond two. My typical daily routine for the last week was two kilometer jog into a three block and half ass VOD review only looking at laning phase. I wouldn't say that's half ass. It's all right. And then squander my remaining 10 or looking at other people enjoy the game bad about myself. Wait, and then squander my remaining 10 hours, I'm assuming. Okay. Look at other people enjoy the game feeling bad on myself. It seems obvious I can fit three to four more runs and three blocks, but I feel drained after my first and my mental isn't the same if I do go in and attempt more games for the day. I guess it was an extra 10 hours in the day. Okay. So he wants help with his schedule, essentially. By the way, I don't think exercising before your block is even... You don't need... Like, I would actually, if you had the choice to exercise, I would... I would if I had like a full day, like I would exercise in the middle for sure. Like I would, I would wake you up. Wanna, you want to break up your day. Yeah. I would break up my day with exercise. Like I would like wake up and do some stuff mm. and then like three block. And then I would exercise lunch three block. That would be the ideal for me. Um, so three block and then exercise lunch three block and then break again. And then you could even do another one depending on how early you wake up or how late you want to go to sleep. So what are you thinking about, Nathan? You look very confused right now. So I'm thinking about the title of this email and the timeline. The title of this email was advice on getting my act together. And he says, for the next six weeks, I have the opportunity. Getting your act together, uh, together is not a six-week thing. Like, I'm afraid that it's like, okay, I have this opportunity this time. Now I'm going to change my lifestyle. Like, high-performing individuals are constant, consistent for years and years and years. And I feel like it's just a weird way to frame it. You know what I mean? Like, hmm. like I I wouldn't be expecting to get my act together in six weeks. Oh, that's like the beginning. Like, that's like testing things and failing. So you're saying the question should be like, how do I start? Yeah. In like, a how way. do I start? Yeah, yeah. It sounds like it's like six weeks and I've got to be, I'm just going to be perfect schedule, everything. If you're starting here and you haven't done this recently, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're, you're actually, it's an interesting point, Nathan. I think you're right. I think as well, it shouldn't even be, how do we get from, from plat two to whatever it was what did he say platinum to diamond platinum one to diamond two like it shouldn't even be rank i think step number one is how do i get my process sorted mm. and what do i want to do like how, how do i want my lifestyle to be yeah i think that's a better question i think you're spot on Nathan. i mean six weeks is such a short time of the year like it's just going to mean nothing like let's say if you do something and then suddenly you change it again it doesn't it's not going to mean anything mm. let's say if you create a process for these six weeks it's it doesn't mean anything to me yeah yeah right because if you're not going to continue it it doesn't matter anyway yeah 
and six weeks, you, you'd barely see the results of a skin yeah. change until like a month, a month, six weeks in. Like and you could have fucked it up, and then you yeah. would say, "Oh, they haven't got my act together." And then, oh, I'm, then all these narratives, "Oh, I'm terrible," you know. By the way, I think if he, if if, he, if his schedule isn't really good now, what it should be that's the beginning is like just let's just figure out how to have like somewhat like start my morning have like a good first half of the day or something like yeah. he's not even gonna like it's actually I think basically impossible for someone to go from zero to hundred zero to hundred yeah. like you're, you're not gonna go from I'm not a disciplined person to I wake up at 5am and I go for a run and then I do three block and I eat oats and then I do push ups not and gonna happen it's just not gonna you happen you do it for three days and bam back to old habits oh not even I reckon it wouldn't even last two days a day, like, a day yeah. honestly right. yeah like ah oh, so I'm gonna sleep in screw it you know, I'm just too sore. I'm going to skip today or whatever it might yeah, be. Yeah, I mean, the, what we talked about here was creating good habits. It's just, you got to start small. Just start small. Like, how do I go for one, do maybe one exercise a day, one routine, one run a day? Uh, how do I do one good solid three block a day? How do I wake up and actually make my breakfast and, and make my bed and, and get out and be ready by 8 p.m.? You know, it's just something simple, like just something really simple. I don't know what he struggles with. He didn't really articulate that. Yeah, he hasn't said before but, what his routine was. I would start very small. Like I actually remember Nathan. You know when um when we were first starting our businesses. So should we left Iwills right? And we we didn't really know what we're doing. And we started then, our YouTube channels. Started our YouTube channels. And, exactly well, that was even business. before that. Like I didn't even really know mm. that I was even going to do a YouTube channel, mm. right? Like like I was like, fuck, I didn't even know what I was going to do, right? And then I think you suggested that was your idea. I'm pretty sure. Yes, it was. It was your idea. It said, do a YouTube. Like, yep. I'm going to do YouTube. Yep. And I'm like, all right, well, fine. We'll figure it out. We'll do you build a brand through YouTube, right? Yep. And I, I'd never even thought of using YouTube, right? And then I remember, like, when I was starting to get into it, at the same time, I was kind of getting into gym. Like, I never thought, like, I want to have... Because I didn't... My schedule was all over the place. Cause I didn't I didn't know what the hell I was doing, right? So then I never thought I'm going to go from being this sloppy no i wasn't lazy but i just lost version of curtis to the coach curtis i am today it was like okay i just want to make sure that i'm actually going to the gym first like if i can go to the gym my day is going to be good like even if i screw you up you didn't even know of, what you were doing at the gym at that point right? yeah like i just get just there. rocking up i just want to get there if i can get <laughs> to the gym shit, yeah. and like just lift some heavy shit like that's even if that's incredibly inefficient that's like a great job like i'm happy with that and then I remember when I first started doing the YouTube, I was like, okay, if I can just like figure out one video, and even if that took me like the entire day, if I can just do like one video here, like that's a start. It builds momentum. That's what we found with YouTube. Especially when I was doing two videos a day, that became my momentum and my norm. And then it suddenly became easy to do two videos right, a day. Right, yeah. But we never thought... And then I got better at that. And then I sort of created a process around how to make videos and my reviews. But it reviews. started with just... Let's just do one video. Yeah, that's what it started. It's just, how do I do one it was, video? It was like, I'm going to review a jungle game. Terrible review, right? No idea what I'm doing. Okay? I remember my first video was literally bad advice. It's still on my YouTube channel. It's <laughs> it's actually... There's so much missing in that oh, video. About I, I, I can't watch my... Pa- I, can't uh, watch I will my, never... Yeah, I don't mind watching my I can't video. even watch my coaching sessions from eight months ago, dude. Nah. I can't. Yeah, I can't. I'm so, right. so, I'm so much better now. You're going to suck. You know, so the gonna... point I'm trying to get at is that we were, you know, we didn't just create a process out of thin air. Like no. you just, you start very small. How do I do one little thing? And then you do one thing. You're like, okay, that that's how roughly how long that takes. I feel comfortable doing that. Then I can add something else in. Now I can, and then I started to create my routine. Okay, I do video. Then I go to the gym, have my lunch. And I slowly added on a thing each time 
boom, 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 until I was doing two, I actually did two videos in a day, I remember one time, like I was slowly ramping up, um, until, you know. And you hadn't have a timeline, I mean, you were just like, I'm just going to see where no. it takes me, you know, because it's just like, you were sort of the lifestyle you wanted, but I mean, literally, you saying six weeks to me in the context of a league journey and our experience in years. But even just being a different person in the context of just being, being a different, changing, yeah, just takes evolving. years. Six weeks is literally like waking up tomorrow and being like, I'm just going to do this for that one day and then I'm going to expect results. Yeah. That's how small six weeks is to me in terms of a league journey. It's very small. Very, very small. Going from plat one to diamond two in six weeks. It's incredible. That's a massive climb as well. That can take people a whole season. Yep. It's all season right there for is. some people. So we're not, I don't want to beat you down here. We're not beating you down, but you just got to slow it down a bit because we're going to, we, otherwise you're going to do a cover. Mm. You know, you're going to mm. go from zero to a hundred and then you're going to fail and go all the way back down. Let's just do it in a sustainable way. Add a little bit in every time. And this ties into one of the things we talk about, you know, in a way it's the theme of this few podcasts in belief. In the identity, like the whole thing we spoke about, how you got to like your beliefs shape your actions and affects your results, and therefore impacts your belief of who you are again, right? But when it comes to behavior change, you got to like you got to really to change like your underlying belief of who you are. It takes a very long time. Like think of it as like this: every time you do something, say you, you you wake up early that that one day. Well, that one day only matters if you do it for the next, you know, two months. And once you've done it for an extended period of time, it goes from, oh, you know, I'm, you know, I, I woke up, I, I wake up early in the morning to like, um, I'm the type of person who does work up, wake up early in the morning. It becomes you at an identity level. Once you change your identity, that's when shit gets very powerful. That's when you can that's start you to make results. Some, that's when you get big results. Mm. So right now, you've got to figure out as well what sort of person, roughly, what sort of person would get the results that you're looking for? What would a person who gets those results, what do they do? What does their schedule look like? How would they be? And and one of, this is more of a personal thing, a bit of a sidetrack here. You know, I don't know if you do this, Nathan, but I always think about what what would I want Curtis in the future to look like? Like, what would a Curtis of twenty thirty five look like? Like, what would what would he what would he look like? What would he be like? How would he how would he speak? How, when I envision the perfect version, even though this is, is never going to be a perfect version of myself, but what do I? What would that person be? And I always think about that, and that's why, like, I have these role models, like I, that Eric guy, and then these other like other role models, like like John Wooden and stuff. And I take bits and pieces. You know, I want that guy's how articulate that guy is. I want that guy's. Charisma. Um, charisma. I want that guy's fun. I want that guy's discipline. I, you know, I take bits and pieces everywhere. And then, and then I try to visualize that. And, and, but in order to get that, to get Jocko Willink's discipline, to get this guy's strength, to get this guy's charisma, I got to like do certain things. I got to get out of my comfort zone and add in one thing at a time. So like, I think it can be helpful sometimes to visualize what sort of person you want to be. Yep, I think so, for sure. Um, I think that's what, if you want to be a master or challenger player, you can visualize, you can literally look at a challenger player's VOD, see the way they're playing their champion. You're not going to be able to execute that the next game, not even close, right? I mean, if you're a gold or switcher, yeah. but you can start visualizing that's the way he plays the game. When you review games and you look at his games, that's the way that's I want to be playing thinks. the champion. That's the way he thinks, this is the way he moves his character. This is the fights he takes. I think that's important for improving And sometimes the you just mimic it. Yeah. And then you can just... Well, that's the good thing about League. It's, you can. You can like mimic it, literally. You can literally do the same clicks, the movement, and press the same ones at the same time, and bam. 
awesome stuff, man. Hope that helps. All right. Well, that's the end of our podcast today. Good work, everyone. Let's keep on our solo queue journeys. And remember, guys, failure is part of the process. Embrace it. Learn to fail. Try hard. We'll see you guys next episode.